0: The to Green and Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews broadcasting from Appleton, Wisconsin and we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean out in Altoona and it's been a few days now but a lot of us Packer fans are still feeling the high that came with the thrilling 27-23 win at the Detroit Lions last Thursday night on a last second Hail Mary oh man that that's about as much fun as the end of a game has ever been and matt not only do i never remember that happening for the packers i can't remember that happening for any team uh in the nfl at least off the top of my head
1: yeah same here i mean you, you kind of think about that more in college football; you see it fairly regularly but it like never happens in the nfl
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, i know the packers had it what was that the 2012 divisional round game was that? or 2011 at the end of the first half i think it gets oh with
0: hakeem nicks yeah
1: yeah um you what and obviously the film area but that one was only from like 35 yards out or whatever yeah so <laughs> it's very rare it almost never happens i, I think there might have been one with aj green last year too but for the most yeah. part, it's super rare, and especially to end a game like that—that that just doesn't happen. So for after all the the pain and heartache that we've had to suffer, you know, over the last five years, it feels strange that something like that went in our favor.
0: Yeah, because obviously the the most memorable one that has happened in Packers history was the fail mary in Seattle. Um, I'm pretty sure the Falcons have had a couple in the 80s and in the early 90s, but yeah, that was just something else. So there's a lot to talk about in this game, but I just want to know what your reaction was uh when this happened. Uh specifically, obviously we were super happy, but how did you react because it was a weird experience for me.
1: Yeah, I I had this weird like it was almost it was kind of like a like a supernatural like feeling before the play. Like I felt like Like something good was gonna happen. Like I just felt like normally, when they get in that situation with how bad everything's been lately, you would feel like, all right, whatever, game's over. But I just, I felt confident. And then when the ball was in the air, he got it off. I was like, sure, somebody was gonna catch it. And then, you know, you kind of see Rogers going up for it. And you know, I just kind of started. I was, my wife was like getting ready for bed. It was late, so I was like by myself. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, he got it! Like you're, I'm like screaming and like questioning it at the same time. And all of a sudden, you see Cobb, like, pile on top of him, and everybody else started going crazy, and, you know, he actually did. And I lost my voice from just, like, three seconds of screaming. It was probably, like, <laughs> the most natural, like, shriek I've ever let out in my life once I, I, I saw that happen. And, uh, man, I was just running around the living room by myself. My dog was going nuts, and like barking at me about it. I think he was happy, too. Yeah, it was just – yeah, I just um, – Uh, complete and sheer like that's as good of a feeling you could get with sports i mean that's the whole reason we watch is for stuff like that it was just amazing
0: yeah i agree that was incredible and i don't know if i felt quite as optimistic but for some reason i just couldn't look away like it felt like something could happen and i had no doubts that rogers could throw it that far and once he escaped the pressure i knew he had a chance and after they had given up that third down i actually moved to my computer room and uh i have a a thing where I can watch uh, TV through my computer um, and and so I was watching it in there and I just remember looking over there and I'm, I'm kind of pacing around and when Rogers caught it like I think I must have said holy you know what about 10 times and then oh my gosh and my girlfriend uh, is a nurse so she had worked a 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. shift so she's trying to get to bed and I woke her up and I just fell to the floor And was like laughing hysterically for like a minute. I couldn't believe it. This never happens to the Packers. And oh my gosh, it was so much fun. And to see those guys run around like that, and I just, I still can't believe it. I've seen it a hundred times by now, and I still can't believe it happened to us.
1: Right. Yeah, and when you saw Rogers scramble out, you thought he could make the throw, and apparently Detroit didn't. We can talk about that. But oh. once you saw the trajectory of that ball going so high, I, I didn't think it was going to make it there. That thing was a mile high in the air, but he still had, like, was, what, four yards into the end zone? That was
0: incredible. Mm-hmm. And even Phil Sims, when they showed the replay, was, like, in awe that Aaron Rodgers could throw the ball that far. And it went about 70 yards through the air. But if you saw that Instagram video uh, from a fan in the stands at about the 50-yard line, it almost hits a beam supporting the ceiling. It's huge. It it, it probably would have hit the scoreboard if it was in the uh, uh, whatever AT&T Stadium in Dallas. So it was insane. It and even Mike McCarthy said that's the best throw he's ever seen um, as the pat or as any coach in all of his time coaching and. Richard Rogers, uh, apparently that wasn't even his assignment. He just said he thought that he had a clear shot at the ball and his assignment was to box out Devontae Adams and, uh, for Devontae Adams and instead he saw an opportunity and he jumped up and grabbed it and, which is so <laughs> interesting to me, uh, not to go to the worst, uh, inverse of what happened on, uh, Thursday, but, you know, to, for a guy to go rogue on his assignment and for it to work, he's a hero, whereas, Brandon Bostic tried to do yeah. the same thing to make a play, and his career was ruined. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: it completely depends on how it turns out, obviously. I think this one would have been a little bit less noticeable had he not been able to catch it, obviously. But, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd much rather have him do that than have Devonta Adams be the primary target on that. I could see him going up, getting in his hands, and just dropping it. I don't know why they would have done that. <laughs> yeah. I know he's the tallest receiver out there, but... It's the last guy I wanted a contested catch situation.
0: They seem to think he can do everything. Yeah,
1: it's weird. Yeah. But I mean, Rogers, before that play, even, I mean, even before that, I was excited because he was bringing something to the offense. He's having his best game ever.
0: Yeah. To,
1: to cap it off like that was just awesome, and I'm glad it was him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, he, he deserved it with the way he played. And So, let's talk about, well, f- first before we do that. So, the penalty. I think it was iffy, and if I wasn't a fan of the Packers, I could see an argument the other way, but I can also... He he nailed him right in the face mask. Yeah. I mean, we've seen lesser call, but at this point, I just don't care. And I, I feel like we've... I mean, I don't care, obviously, because of the Packers, but I feel like we've been pretty consistent with this season, that enough's enough with analyzing every play like it's the Zapruder film. I, I'm just kind of tired of it, and... I'm a big enough baseball fan now where if you have a ump with a bad strike zone and you get screwed then that that's part of the sport you just live with it and I'm to that point with the NFL where I'm tired of every single Monday having the top story on yeah. pro football talk being Mike Florio belly aching about a referee call.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you there. And maybe I wasn't there just a couple of weeks ago, but I'm starting to get that way too. It seems like there's been a lot of like college games and things that are all seemingly decided by a bad call and I'm just kind of sick of hearing about it. Yeah. Um, but I guess in terms of that call Probably, it's so hard, it's right on the line of being a face mask or not, because even though he grabbed the shoulder pad, he did twist the face mask a little bit with the finger. Yeah. But it's such a small amount. But really, I, I mean, if I was a Lions fan, I'm angry, but there's no way they don't call that. I mean until they put it in super, super slow motion, you can't tell that he's not twisting his whole head off with a face mask. Mm -hmm. I mean, from every angle, it looks like he's got him by the face mask, twists his whole head down and around, his helmet's off. There's no possible way that a referee could have seen that live, that it was actually, like, mostly on a
0: collar. Mm -hmm. So,
1: although it probably was the wrong call, I think they call that 99 out of 100 times.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing that really bothered me, is who the heck saw that in real time and didn't think that was a penalty? I mean, give me a break. But... Even so, like, I'm biased, obviously, but couldn't that have been unnecessary roughness? He practically DDT'd him.
1: Yeah, and that's what I was wondering, too. It was still a blow to the head. I know he was a runner in the field of play, but still, I mean, his hand kind of went right up to the face mask there, and it wasn't like Rogers ducked or anything, and, yeah. and then on top of that, that, what you said, too, so it definitely was a, still a stupid play by that defender.
0: Yeah, and, and Rogers chin strap was up over his nose. What official is not going to call that in that yeah. situation? But either way, the other big controversy—it's not a controversy, but talking point in regards to the Lions—was the Hail Mary. Do you think it was better execution by Green Bay or poor coverage by the Lions?
1: I think it's—I mean, it's a great play by Rogers. maybe not great execution, because apparently, like you said, it wasn't even the design. But that was an yeah. awful defense by Detroit. And I know it's hard to defend for that, but you're somehow defending the pitch play when Rogers only has to throw it 60 yards. I mean, that just with
0: no time left on the clock. <laughs> that seems
1: unforgivable for a coaching staff to do that. And I didn't hear about that till a couple of days after. But there was only what four or five lines even close to the play.
0: I think so and for nobody like
1: to be covering up Rogers at all. Yeah. I mean, he could have caught it at the two and walked in.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, that's true.
1: It was, I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. I, I know that that's not something you practice a lot, but you have to practice it enough for the defense not to be that bad on that and
0: mm-hmm. just
1: completely leave it open. I'm not sure what they were thinking there.
0: Have you ever seen Aaron Rodgers play before is what I'd want to ask the right, coaching staff. I
1: do not think he could get it that far.
0: I remember either Thanksgiving 2000 Nine or 2011 where rogers threw a 70 yard pass in detroit in a regular play like he threw a 70 yard pass to donald driver on a scramble that went 70 yards through the air on a regular play it wasn't a hail mary or anything like that and so yeah i i have no idea what the heck they were thinking there and um i mean i'm glad they lost their minds but it just very very strange um and the one thing i wanted to ask about this so the The thing that I kept hearing is that, yeah, the lion's season is done, and you know they had their little run or whatever, but I kept hearing people say, and even reading today that the Packers saved their season with this. uh, what are your thoughts on that
1: um i, I that's definitely a two part answer, I think, one, yeah you're in big, big trouble if you lose that game to Detroit. You didn't play well still, and now all of a sudden you're sitting in a backseat in the division, you're losing ground on the wild card, and you're a team that's not playing well going forward with some tough games, you're in some deep trouble uh, in a game you should have won. Mm-hmm. But two, the other part of that is um, you still played pretty bad, and you had a good second half, but you still have to win going forward, or you're still screwed anyway, <laughs> so... I, it, it definitely seemed like a huge momentum shift in the season, for sure. Just based on the one big play, but you still got a lot of weight, a lot of games to, to go, and a, a lot to change and to fix before. I'm gonna say that your season's turned around. Yeah. Maybe when we look back on this, we could say that. But I'm not ready to say that the season's saved at this point.
0: Yeah, and I'm not either. And I the thing that confused me about that statement is the idea that. Like, the NFC is terrible. They could have easily lost in Detroit and still had the six seed comfortably (laughs) because of how bad everything is. So I understand it's more dramatic to say that and whatnot, but um, I still don't. I think that's, like, the
1: initial feeling you kind of get, though. You know, I I started thinking that right after the game. I think you're just like, oh, my God, what a change in momentum.
0: Well, and technically Atlanta's still tied for – what, seven, uh, the seven spot, and there? Yeah,
1: there's a couple of five and seven teams or whatever after yesterday that are still right there.
0: Yeah, and Atlanta's six and six in, in record only. They're dead. I mean, they're a terrible team. They're one of the worst teams in the league over the last two months, so you could have said the same thing about the Packers having lost to Detroit, but yeah, it's been, what, four days now, and I still am not sure what to take from this because that first half was as poorly as they've played offensively in a year where they've had many poor offensive performances, Yeah, but on the flip side again it's kind of the same thing that we saw in carolina is i i I can't speak to whether detroit kept the pressure on and it felt like they did only because we were down four offensive linemen so everything they did seemed to work and and rattle Rodgers a bit but in the second half Rodgers was 14 of 20 for 209 yards two touchdowns and 137 quarterback rating 10.5 yards per attempt which is MVP Aaron Rodgers territory again, and then he had uh, two rushes for 23 yards, including the huge touchdown run. So I can't decide which which I take more seriously: the fact that they came out incredibly flat and really got beat up quite a bit, or the offense in the second half completely cooking. And outside of a 17 point deficit that they got in almost immediately, the defense played great. So where where is it? I, I guess I. Still haven't decided, maybe I need to see the Dallas game before I can decide.
1: Yeah, and we've kind of seen this on a couple of second halves where you've been sort of stagnant in the first half where all of a sudden in the second half it looks awesome, and then we show up the next week looking the exact same, like terrible, can't-do-anything offense. So yeah. I'm, I'm still a little scared going forward. We're playing a pretty bad defense in Dallas, so I hopefully you can get a whole four quarters of, of rolling a little bit here. I, it's hard to take a whole lot of stock in the second half I mean, Detroit's defense isn't great. Their secondary is not very good. No. They're trying to just hold on to a lead a little bit. We've seen that with this team this offense and that's kind of seems what sparks them but it seemed like anytime they wanted to send pressure on a third down or whatever they were getting home and hitting rogers so
0: yeah uh, oh, granted I, they, they didn't have a lot of their offensive linemen especially during the second half when they yeah. didn't even have Lindsley. but
1: so i'm not feeling a whole lot better in terms of where the offense is sitting right now I, I guess like i mentioned previously i like that maybe they're looking to keep going with the screen game and getting richard rogers more involved that seemed to work really well but mm-hmm. it's still like trying to hit the receivers down the field didn't work at all
0: no, that's true. Uh You know, not even with Aberderis back or trying with Janice. Janice had a long catch that he should have had, and then he jumped like a freaking eighth grader instead yeah. of actually just running through it like a professional. He would have caught it in stride if he hadn't dove at it like he had just learned to play wide receiver. Yeah. But, yeah, my biggest fear is they're going to beat Dallas 19-10, to and then I'm going to have zero confidence in this team again uh, yeah. offensively.
1: Yeah, I could see it. I mean, that seems to be the kind of game that Dallas has played for the most part without Romo in there is they're losing by three points and somehow holding teams to not much on, yeah. on their offenses. So we'll see. I, I would sure hope you can put up three or four touchdowns against them, though.
0: Yeah, and I guess it'll depend on what they do with Eddie Lacy. And so yeah, he missed a lot of the game, held out as a coach's decision, because apparently he missed curfew. And Alonzo Harris, who uh, apparently is his drinking buddy, got cut completely. And they were going to bring him back to the practice squad and decided not to because they thought he was such a poor influence on Eddie Lacy. (laughs) So this is a weird fall from grace for Lacy. And I wonder what's going to happen with him because if they continue to think he's not taking uh, his, his role seriously, is there a possibility that he's not even on the team next year?
1: Uh, do you know when his contact, contract is through? It's through at least next year, isn't it?
0: I would think so, because that would be his fourth year, and almost all rookie contracts are four years four. nowadays. Yeah,
1: I, I would doubt it, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised with how quickly he's getting uh, demoted if he's cut it after a couple of weeks here. They just There's something going on behind the scenes, and like you mentioned, it just doesn't seem like maybe he's taking it real seriously, he's out of shape. But in order for him, a guy who's been an elite running back in the league, to have this happened to him. It's got to be bad. Yeah. So I, I would be very surprised if he gets caught you know, in the offseason or if he's not around next year, but I guess maybe I shouldn't be because it sure seems to be going poorly. He needs to maybe look himself in the mirror and get things changed before he's out of the league in a couple seasons.
0: Yeah, and how badly must Mike McCarthy have wanted to punish him if he was their only offensive weapon that was doing anything the previous two weeks and getting crushed by a bad team like the Lions, he still kept him out of the game for most yeah. of it. I mean, he was hell-bent on sending a message there. and Yeah, I, I wonder if he's going to snap out of this, because I've heard reports that he's a very laid-back guy and whatnot, and we like to think of these guys as these super-driven individuals, and they are to an extent, to get this far. But you wonder how many of them are like Matt Leinert, where they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm good at this, so I'll just keep going, and I want to win, but... You know, now faced with being in the NFL and having to devote my whole life to this to be good yeah. at it, I I just don't really care to do that. And you almost wonder if Eddie Lacey is along those lines.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot more of those players out there than I think the regular fan realizes or would like to admit. I, yeah. I mean, not everybody's J.J. Watt, not everybody's you know putting. 16 hours a day into this or everything they eat and drink and do yeah. is related to it I think a lot of these guys like to go out and have a good time and you know, like just like to do their work when they're at the facility and not much more maybe and you know, yeah they're, they're the ones that maybe have the the five six year careers because they were talented but just don't set themselves apart
0: yeah and you know it's easy to say as a fan like oh how could you waste such an opportunity but You know, you could say that with all of us, that we all could be at the tops of our fields if we just decided to put in 15-hour and 16-hour days every day for 10 years. And, you know, given that opportunity in your chosen field, a lot of us would not take that, even in exchange for all the good things that come with it.
1: And especially in this case, it's physically demanding too. I yeah, mean, you're you're getting hit and you're you're lifting. And unlike us, you know, we can work eight nine hours, come home, and have a couple of beers. Where you know, if they're really dedicated, they're probably not doing that either. They're eating, you know, kale and <laughs> yeah, and fish and whatever, and not drinking anything, just water. And it's I mean, it's your whole life if you want to be great at it. So it's it's asking a lot of somebody to do that.
0: Yeah, those guys aren't going to Buffalo Wild Wings after work like the no. rest of <laughs> us can. <laughs> so. It's hard for me to remember all of the details of the game being several days now, and I'm I'm sure all of you have, if you're so inclined, have have found better sources to, to get some of that breakdown. But the playoff picture right now is pretty clear as far as the NFC is concerned. And if the playoffs were to start today, the Packers would win the NFC North as the three seed and host the Seahawks. And in order to get to the Super Bowl, they would have to... Post Seattle, then likely travel to Arizona, then Carolina, then defeat either Denver, Cincinnati, or New England in the Super Bowl. Man, that Hail Mary would have to bring with it some incredible level of emotion to to give me any confidence that the Packers can navigate that road.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't like that lineup. Um you would almost at this point hope that they get the four seed if Seattle's gonna hang into the sixth spot just so yeah. You'd get Minnesota again. I,
0: I would That'd be a that lot point. of losing, though, to fall behind the NFC East champ.
1: Yeah. But Minnesota oh, yeah, could yeah. slide
0: back, though, and become the sixth. Yeah, six. you're,
1: you're right. There's pretty much no way that they're going to end up in the four. So you got kind of got to hope that maybe Seattle overtakes Minnesota at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, because in that case, you're, you wouldn't see them until the NFC Championship game if you could keep winning, which is they're probably yeah. the last team I want to face. I think at this point I'd rather play Carolina.
0: Um. Yeah, I think so, but... I don't know. I might rather take Seattle at home.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't want to play any of them. If you can somehow <laughs> make it through without Arizona, Carolina, or Seattle, which is physically impossible, yeah. I, I'll, I'll take that route, though. Yeah, you just got to play Minnesota and, and Washington. And,
0: yeah, well, what about the uh, Bears and the Lions who have already beaten the Packers at Lambeau this year?
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I have n- no confidence in the Packers beating playoff teams. So <laughs> maybe even if you get with your your dream matchups, you're still kind of in trouble.
0: Well, And that's what's been irritating me so much is I don't think they're going to beat Arizona. Arizona seems like the best all-around team, and so there's almost no chance they're going to get the two seed. Yeah. Um, Carolina is 12-0, and they might be the worst 12-0 team in history, but that's a bit like saying you're the ugliest girl at the Victoria's Secret pageant. I mean, it's still a very... Yeah, they're still pretty darn good. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know, like... I can't think of one team in that NFC field outside of Minnesota that I think the Packers would beat in the first round. And that kind of sucks, but the thing I keep hearing is people always bringing up 2010. And this is right up there with R-E-L-A-X for me, is people constantly bringing up 2010. Well, they could get hot and they could go all the way like in 2010 and come out of the, the wild card round. I'm here to crush that right now because I've heard it tons in the last couple of days. When people say, talk about Arizona and Carolina and all that kind of stuff. So there's three reasons this is not like 2010. First of all, the 2010 team was a 13 and three team masquerading as a 10 and six team. They never trailed by more than seven all year. Four of their 10 wins were by 27 or more points. They had two other wins by two scores or more. They won at the Eagles, who are a division champion. They beat the Bears. They shut out the Jets, who went to the AFC championship game in New York and their losses were Last-second losses on the final play to the two teams that had buys in the NFC, both in their stadiums, the Bears and the the uh, Atlanta Falcons. And the Packers basically shot themselves in the foot with turnovers and penalties to lose both of those games. And the other games they lost, they lost back-to-back overtime games where Clay Matthews got hurt at halftime and then Clay Matthews didn't play. And then they lost two four-point games where Aaron Rodgers got hurt in the second quarter and then Aaron Rodgers didn't play. And... So that team was really good. So we're not anything like that. They didn't go to New England. They went to New England with Matt Flynn and led for all but seven minutes of the game. This team went to Denver and got destroyed with all of their preferred starters at this point in the season. And also, the other thing, they got lucky in the playoffs. We've talked about that a lot. But they played Michael Vick, Matt Ryan, Jake Cutler, and then they didn't have to play New England. They played... Ben Roethlisberger, Steelers, all of those teams had at least one side of the ball that was very flawed, or in the case of the Falcons, just completely across the board not very good. And this is the last thing that I want people to remember, is that what the Packers did in 2010, the reason people always have to bring up the 2010 Packers when they're talking about different things is it's incredibly rare for what they have done. There's only four teams out of the 130 teams to ever start as a wild card team on the road. So we're talking fifth and sixth seeds all time. Four of the 130 actually won three road games. And that's the 85 Patriots, the 2005 Steelers, the 2007 Giants, and the 2010 Packers. 88% of of all teams uh, that start on the road in the wild card round are gone by the divisional round. And even if you're at home as a three or four seed, 82% of those are gone by the end of the divisional round. So, th- it's not going to happen. They already caught lightning in a bottle. You're not asking them to do that. You're asking them to do it twice in the same regime. Um, I don't think this team, ha- even a good team, doesn't have a prayer coming out of the wild card round in most years. And this team is not that good.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, look at the roster difference between 2010 and now, too, and stack those up and see how you feel the difference between those two are. Yeah. I mean, just look at how loaded we were at the receiving core back then and how much more talented our defense was, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I like that scientific analysis breakdown there. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, just based on those statistics, you would think it's going to be a pretty daunting challenge. Anything can happen, but I agree. Odds are definitely not in our favor to do that.
0: Well, and I even did the, since the realignment, since, you know, we've had the Giants twice coming out of the wild card round, we've had the Ravens, the Colts, the Packers. It still doesn't look that much better. Believe it or not, the wild card teams um, on the road, so the fifth and sixth seed, they lose, they're, they're 22 and 30. In the first round of the playoffs, but those teams that win actually do better than the home teams that win. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So of the 22 road teams that won in the wild card round since the realignment, they were 10 and 12 in the second round of the playoffs, um, and the winners, the three and four seeds uh, in the divisional round, if they won, were eight and 22. So I can probably post this on the website so it's easier to follow. But either way. If you play in the first round of the playoffs, even since the realignment, when we've had unprecedented success for teams coming out of the wild card round, 82.5% of them are gone before the title game. Wow! So you need a buy, <laughs> Even if you're good, you need a buy. And uh, in order for the Packers to get that right now, what? You'd have to have the Cardinals lose to either Minnesota or the Seahawks at home. Uh, those are probably the more likely losses. That and the Packers, happen. what would you say?
1: That, that could happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely to Seattle too. I I don't have a high hopes in Minnesota anymore, but um, and the Packers would have to win out basically.
1: Yeah, I, I think I maybe feel okay about them losing to Seattle and Green Bay potentially beating them, but I don't feel comfortable thinking that Green Bay is going to win the rest of their games, even if those two things do happen.
0: Yeah, I know, and they'll they'll probably lose to Oakland or something, or yeah. heck, I don't know, but so there's that. Um, gosh. This is such a weird year. I I felt up until they lost yesterday, and now I'm even kind of scared again that the Giants were going to win the Super Bowl. And Tom Coughlin had some Coughlin-y quote that you would see in an America's Game episode where they asked him when they can win again. He's like, we'll win again when we can deserve to win again. He's like, we haven't played worth a darn in the last few weeks. And he's like, until we can put it all together, we don't deserve to win another game. And that sounds like what he would say after the last time the Giants lose until next September.
1: They Start playing some magical NFL Network music and yeah. show the turnaround for the Super Bowl. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. Do you think Carolina will go undefeated?
1: I, I don't know what their schedule is left. Um, but they well they play airs. Or
0: they, Here, let they me play, get uh, Atlanta twice, I think. Yeah, and Atlanta is terrible. Yeah, um, they the, the worst. They um, they host the Falcons, play at the Giants, at the Falcons, host Tampa Bay.
1: Man, it seems like it. Wouldn't that be so strange though if they did? You kind of. I, I want to say they won't, just because it's only been done a couple of times, and the teams that did it were a whole lot better than this Panthers team. I think they're very good, but you just kind of find it hard to believe that they don't slip up. I mean, they almost did it against New Orleans. Yeah. I, I would imagine they do, because it's nearly impossible to do the 16-0, and 0, especially with a team that's pretty flawed in a lot of areas, but... They're definitely going to be heavy favorites in every one of those games. It's hard to pick one and say they're going to lose that.
0: Yeah, right now they're third in points for uh, points scored. They're 14th in yards accumulated. They're ninth in points allowed and third in yards allowed, which are solid numbers for a 12-4 yeah. and four team. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the expected win-loss based on the pro football reference um, algorithm, which I don't think is the best, but take with it what you will, says that the Panthers should be 9-2 and two right now.
1: Yeah, and I heard somebody, I think it was on NFL Countdown, say the, the Panthers might have the best defense in the NFL, and I was like, oh, that, they seem like they give up a lot of points, and then they got racked by New Orleans <laughs>
0: yesterday, yeah, with
1: 38 points, and they still managed to somehow that offense put up 41 points. Yeah. So they're a weird team, but they're they're really good, and uh, it, it'll be. I'm curious to see what you know. There's a lot of kind of upstart teams to see what they do in the playoffs, like Carolina and Arizona, to see just how good they are, how far they can go.
0: Well, and it just feels like it would fit in perfectly with the modern NFL for Carolina to go 16 and 0 and then lose to like Seattle or Minnesota or the Packers in their first playoff game, 40 to 10.
1: Yeah, it, you know, it's
0: just it, I'm almost expecting that at this point, but we'll see what happens, I guess. Um, so the AFC has become much stranger now that the Patriots have lost two in a row, including at home to the Eagles, who are terrible. So that's kind of another reason why it feels. I think we're right, having watched the games and seeing so much Packers football, that we shouldn't have any confidence in them. But who doesn't have some fear? Outside of maybe Carolina, who isn't worried about their performance right now as a fan base? Even Seattle, who's white hot right now, their defense gave up like a bajillion yards just last week. So I I don't know who's feeling that good about themselves.
1: Yeah, I'd be curious to see what you know, like the Cardinals or the Bengals or like teams like that. Fan base are are they feeling real good? Are they feeling? I th- would think as like a Cardinals or a Bengals fan, you haven't had a ton of success in your past. You're probably feeling really good and feeling like you can do it. But yeah, I, I mean, just knowing that New England's gonna be getting everybody back. Yeah, I I just I don't see a way if they do in fact get Gronk and Edelman and all these guys back, how they don't make it out of the AFC.
0: Yeah, um it would
1: be tough being one of these AFC teams that's feeling excited knowing that you still got to face them with all those guys with a bye.
0: Yeah, and and having the conversation that we just had, it it's possible. It's very it's going to be very unlikely, but it's possible that New England could come out of the first round. Um what makes it unlikely is that Cincinnati and Denver still play. So one of them's going to get knocked down to three losses and there's a very good chance that New England doesn't lose again. So but if it they never
1: have, might stick Peyton back out there, which is probably going to count for a couple of losses on their end. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's, yeah, I would doubt if Brock Osweiler or, or Peyton would would win out. And there's some stats that I also accumulated. I don't want to talk about them necessarily today, but um, maybe a, a blog post before the playoffs is I wanted to break down uh, playoff performances of quarterbacks because you know Brett Favre gets the reputation of being horrible in the playoffs, and Tom Brady's the greatest, and Long story short, the key to being great in the playoffs is to always play at home in the divisional round. It Marino's, you know, Marino's had a tough time in the playoffs, and Favre's had a tough time in the playoffs, and and Brady and Montana are supposedly great in the playoffs. Well. Marino's 3 and 1 at home in the divisional round. Farve is 4 and 0 at home in the divisional round. The reason Montana and Brady are in the Super Bowl all the time is cuz they're always in the AFC and NFC championship games because they're always getting a home game in the second round. Brady is 8 and 1 at home wow. in the second round and Montana was 6 and 1 at home in the second round. That's how you get to go to all the Super Bowls. You play in the AFC Championship game every year. Yeah, and, I guess so. And I think Brady's 2 and 2 coming out of the wild card round, so I think if he has to come through there, well, then all of a sudden you have to go on the road and your road is that much longer. And I don't, I don't, he's, his performance is similar to everybody else. The reason he's been so transcended is he wins one home game and goes to the AFC title game. Mm-hmm. And I think even him coming out of the wild card round, I don't like their chances if they have to go to Denver and then to Cincinnati. Sure. All right. So, um, I guess I don't have a whole lot else. Uh, anything interesting came out of yesterday?
1: No, I, I think we talked about pretty much everything. Um, I got nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't either. Um, it just I don't know. this I, I enjoy this season, but then nothing really sticks with me, I guess. How, how much does it suck to be a Browns fan? Yeah, after... the worst. <laughs> They're going to yeah, play Manziel again. There's Elligan. a couple
1: of fan bases that would be really frustrating to be fans of right now, I think.
0: Yeah. Uh, them. I
1: mean, the Giants have lost, what, like five games after holding leads in the last two minutes or something ridiculous like that, I think.
0: Yeah, they've lost all of their games by almost nothing, and that that's what another thing that scares me about the potential Giants run. Um let's see, they they've lost by three, four, they got crushed by the Eagles, but then three, one, six, three. You know, so they're pretty close to everybody, although their mm. defense kind of sucks.
1: Yeah, and the Chiefs winning six in a row. Who'd have saw that after we tore them apart in that game?
0: Yeah. They were lifeless in that game.
1: Yeah, now they look awesome. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of weird, like, complete season shifts, like, midway through here. Like, Atlanta's down the tubes, and yeah. these teams that looked miserable. Or also, awesome. like, Houston is, is winning, and it's just, yeah, really strange season.
0: Ugh, there's going to be some gross wild card teams in the AFC. Yeah. Like, the Jets and the uh, – well, who, who's got it right now? The Jets have one, Kansas City's got the other, Pittsburgh's on the outside looking in, but I wonder – I don't know. Their their off, I don't understand how their offense is so good without Le'Veon Bell and like when did Big Ben just flip the switch and become like better than Drew Brees? Yeah,
1: I was thinking about that yesterday too. It seems like last year it seemed like something switched where the conversation was always you know he's a good quarterback and a, and kind of a game manager. But, I mean, you never thought of him as a guy who's going to throw it for 400 yards and five touchdowns every time he plays. And he he was never going to be an MVP. And now he's to that level where he's he is that guy, which is weird this late in your career. Yeah. But it's almost like the new offensive system they have um, with Todd Haley has really kind of opened it up for him. He's got good receivers. He's just... Just guys are always open. He's hitting every throw, and it's just been awesome.
0: Yeah, and I guess, yeah, Haley is the only thing I can really think of, and he's got no running game hardly right now. I mean, well, D'Angelo Williams has played played okay. Yeah, but yeah, it's just strange. It's certainly, I don't think there was any chance he wasn't going to be a Hall of Famer having gone to three Super Bowls and winning two of them, but it certainly rounds out his candidacy. So he's not a charity case of a good team. He's actually a really good player. Um, just looking around while we're talking here and looking at different team stats, Arizona's far and away the best team in the NFL. Uh, first in points scored first in yards, fourth in points allowed fourth in yards allowed by far the most balanced team in the NFL. So sure. I'm sure Carson Palmer's rubber band knees will give out some time in the divisional round and they'll lose anyways. But, um, I would say that if all teams are as healthy as they can possibly be at this point, I think Arizona's the best.
1: Yeah, I might agree with that. I think uh, an Arizona-New England matchup at full health would be really, really fun to watch. But I agree. I I think although Carolina's got the better record, I think I'd still probably say Arizona's the better team right
0: now. Yeah. Super Bowl 50 cannot be Bengals-Cardinals or some crap like that. Come on, it's the 50th. Yeah. Can't we get the Steelers in there? And, uh, you know, there's really nobody that classic on the NFC side. I mean, the Packers almost have to go now, right? Or Mm -hmm. somehow Dallas get hot and get in there? I mean... This is embarrassing. You can't send the Cardinals to Super Bowl yeah, 50. Yeah, it
1: could be a really weird matchup this year.
0: Yeah, that would be the grossest. Okay, so let's uh, really quick make our uh, Week 14 picks. Uh, Matt, you, I think, beat me pretty handily yesterday. Yeah, I picked up a few on you, I think. Yeah, you did. I still got a five-game lead, though. Uh, we got right. the same hey, thing. Hey, closing the gap. I got a few weeks left. That's true. I, I have been terrible the last few weeks. I was 5-9 uh, and nine in... Week ten. Then I was seven and seven. Then last week we were both seven and nine. And then I was uh, seven and eight so far this week. So I don't know who is good or who is not good at this point. It's really hard. All right, Vikings Cardinals on Thursday. At least an interesting Thursday night game. Yeah,
1: should be good. It's hard to watch what the Vikings did against Seattle and play a similar team and think you're going to get better results on the road in Arizona. I guess I'll pick the Cardinals
0: here. Yeah, I'll agree for that too. I can't say that the Cardinals are the best team in the NFL and then pick Minnesota to beat them in Arizona after the – <laughs> Yeah, just pulverized. I think Zimmer came out today and said, we're not as good as we think we are, which I guess he's right. Yeah. Bills Bills at Eagles, the LaShawn McCoy return game. I wonder how he'll get uh, welcomed by the Philadelphia crowd.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't think too negatively. It wasn't <laughs> really him, was it? I don't think, but I well, think that's –
0: he bashed Chip a lot and called him a racist, but I bet you everybody in Philadelphia is like, yeah, I could yeah, see that. Yeah, I think
1: they're agreeing with him, probably. <laughs> yeah. They're lucky that they won the last game, or they might be going for his head after this one, Yeah. Um, if, especially if Shady destroys him. I'll pick the Bills here. I think we kind of saw Philly win and kind of a weird game, but I, I think they're really bad, and I think there's some extra motivation for the Bills here, and I think they're just overall better.
0: Yeah, I think I'll agree with you here. The, the Eagles don't seem to be built to beat a team like Buffalo. That's just a really tough defense and whatnot. I think, yeah,
1: they'll probably hold that offense to like three points or something
0: like that. Yeah, I, I could honestly see that happening. Seattle going to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Um, I guess I'll pick Seattle because they're so white hot right now, but um, I guess I still don't quite trust them. Um, granted, Would you
1: trust the Ravens?
0: I don't trust the Ravens. I just, (laughs) you know, Seattle just plays so close to everybody outside of yesterday that you you feel like they could get snuck up on. But then again, ever since Russell Wilson's been their quarterback, they've been ridiculously good in the second half of seasons. Um, So I'll pick them.
1: Yeah, and he's playing really well lately too. Yeah, it's Uh, annoying as
0: hell. Um, Browns at, oh, sorry, 49ers at Browns. Johnny Football getting the start.
1: Yeah, Gabbard versus Manziel. What a <laughs> what a blockbuster! <laughs> uh, I think I'm gonna pick Cleveland at home here. I, it's probably gonna be like 12-9 or something like that. Maybe that's a stupid pick, but I I don't know. Gabbard's playing well lately. I just I, I don't know. I think the Browns got to win one eventually.
0: Yeah, that's not good enough for me. I'll take San Francisco. I thought Gabbard played pretty well yesterday, and I didn't realize he was that fast. Did you see him run like a 40-yard yeah, touchdown? Was
1: awesome. I didn't either, and I guess they said that he. would it was like the most healthy he's ever been. Apparently, he's a better athlete than everybody thought.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was pretty impressive. So I'll take them. Uh, the Falcons at the Panthers. Panthers. Yeah.
1: I, I I keep picking Atlanta every week, and I just gotta stop.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think you did that last year too,
1: didn't you? Yeah, I'm always picking Atlanta.
0: Big fan. Um. Yeah. I'll, I guess I'll take Carolina too. You. You feel like they have to lose one of these eventually. I mean, like the Packers losing to Kansas City or some crap like that, but I guess if I would pick my trap game for Carolina, it would have to be the Giants next week or at the Falcons.
1: Yeah, maybe when you go to
0: Atlanta, I agree. Yeah. The Redskins at Bears, a big-time rivalry in the 80s. Right now it probably stinks. This should be a good game, though, I would think. Yeah, yeah, it could be.
1: I kind of like that Titans-Jags game yesterday.
0: That was awesome. Um,
1: yeah, I'll take the Bears here, I guess. I think they're pretty similar. Maybe I, it's weird, but maybe I trust Cutler more than I trust Kirk Cousins, and <laughs> I think their defense might be a little better, so, Bears.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with that. I think, uh, they're, Cutler's playing pretty good this year, and, yeah. you know, hopefully that'll make him, keep him around for a while, and, I, I mean, he's not probably gonna be the disaster anymore, but, oh, he might lose his offensive coordinator after this year, so we'll see, but, um, yeah, I don't think he's ever gonna take him anywhere, so the longer he can stay there would be the better. Mm -hmm. Steelers-Bengals, interesting matchup Um, Gosh I'm going to take Pittsburgh in this one I'll take a flyer on that
1: Yeah, I'm tempted to um, Man, that's a tough one in Cincinnati If I think it was in Pittsburgh I'd I'd pick them pretty confidently But Mm -hmm. Oh man Big Ben's throwing it all over everybody And that Cincinnati secondary is not that great But their (laughs) Pittsburgh secondary is pretty banged up too um, just to pick different than you, I, I was kind of leaning towards Pittsburgh, but I'll take Cincy at home.
0: Okay, trying to get up uh, some more games yeah, on me, I'm huh?
1: starting to pull that Fox pregame show thing where they just make picks to try to <laughs> to gain ground when nobody actually cares, just like us.
0: Yeah, my upset is Tampa Bay at the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that, yeah. Um, Lions at Rams. The Rams are so bad. That's indicative of a Jeff Fisher team, though, like... I I can't think of a specific name, but uh, I I watch a lot of boxing, and every once in a while you'll get a guy who they just rave about. Like, oh, man, he's tough. You can't outpoint this guy, and he really covers up well, and he's got a sturdy chin, and then his record is like 30 and 23. Mm -hmm. And that's Jeff Fisher. People just talk about how great he is when he's been to the playoffs six times in 21 years of coaching. Wow. I mean, that's a joke.
1: Well, you bought in last week, and you picked the Rams.
0: I did, and I'm stupid, that's why.
1: Yeah, I I think I'll pick Detroit, and this might be the weirdest sentence ever said, but if Case Keenum is playing, I might actually pick the Rams. (laughs) But I I think as long as Nick Foles is playing, which I think he might still be this week, he's been so bad. And Detroit, although they lost to us, obviously on a fluky play, I think they're a whole lot better than St. Louis right now.
0: Yeah, and having just disparaged the Rams and their coach, I'm tempted to take them just because of how like, the Lions haven't had um a track record of having a whole lot of emotional stability uh, throughout their history with this regime and you'd think that the Hail Mary to the Packers might just completely wreck their psyche. Yeah,
1: their season's done and
0: Yeah. Um I guess I'll take the Rams then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Colts at Jags. Um oh, it might man, be Charlie Whitehurst is... starting at quarterback for the Colts.
1: Really? Yeah. I did. Hasselbeck had hurt. I didn't hear that.
0: Yeah, I saw an, uh, a headline that said he might not play on Sunday, and he said it himself. But I don't know what the injury was. I was so captivated by that story, I did not even click on the link.
1: Yeah, that might sway me, but I'm—I I'm, guess I'll pick Jacksonville anyways. Just maybe Whitehurst plays, but they've looked pretty good lately. Blake Bortles is kind of tearing defenses apart, and it's not like the Colts are very good. And even if Hasselbeck plays, it's Matt Hasselbeck. So
0: yeah, I'll, I'll pick the Jags. Yeah, Bortles had what five touchdown passes yesterday? Yeah. I think. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with you and take Jacksonville. Bortles has 27 TDs already this year. Awesome! Holy cow! 27 touchdowns, 13 picks, which in the modern NFL probably doesn't even get him any Pro Bowl votes. But in the 19, that's in... my
1: kind of quarterback, though. That's way more exciting. Screw these, you know, 28 and two. I want I want <laughs> like, double digit picks.
0: Yeah, we need him and Jameis Winston and all those guys to be good because they're. Let's get the Tannehills and Alex Smiths of the world out of the league and get yeah. some more break-bortles break or whatever I was trying to say. And uh, Javis Winston. Um, I'll take Jacksonville also. The Saints at Buccaneers. I'll let you pick this one first. Well, I, I always talk up Tampa, and uh, they're like my favorite team to watch right yeah. now. So I'll, I'll take them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they both looked pretty good yesterday. I'll pick the Saints. Um, I, I don't know. I still... I'm having a hard time buying into Tampa. Jameis looks good like every other week. They'll probably steamroll the Saints here, but I'll, I'll pick New Orleans.
0: Sure. Um, San Diego at Kansas City. I'll pick this one first. The Chargers have been my Falcons this year. I feel like if they would have won all the games I picked of them, they'd be like 9-3. and three. I'm done with the Chargers. I'm picking the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, same here. I think I picked them quite a bit, too, and they're... They're bad, and I, I I'm so tempted to pick them again here. I've just got like some <laughs> illness with them in Atlanta that I just have to keep picking them. Uh, but I'm just gonna go with the proven they're in Kansas City they're a much better team I'll go with the
0: Chiefs too well because those teams when you watch them their offenses are dynamic and they have so many weapons you and their quarterbacks good <laughs> yeah it doesn't make sense and like I've even seen them lose games where you you sit back and you're like wow Philip Rivers has to have like 400 yards and then they lose like 10 to three it's like it doesn't make sense but yeah it's it's weird the Titans at the Jets. Mariota had an 87-yard touchdown run, which I didn't see. Um,
1: yeah, I saw that one live. That was
0: awesome, too. It, you would think that's got to be at least close to a record for a quarterback.
1: Yeah, they, they were actually talked about that right after. There was a Trell Pryor one a couple of years ago, I remember, for the the Raiders that was like 99 yards or something ridiculous like that.
0: That has to be more than his cumulative career passing yards.
1: Yeah, I, I remember, that was a weird game, too. I remember seeing that one live on Red Zone. But I think okay. there was like a couple other ones, but there wasn't much.
0: Okay, yeah, I don't remember that one. But uh, who's going to win this game?
1: Uh, I'll I'll keep rolling with the Jets train here. I picked them against the Giants yesterday, and that was good. So um, I I like that defense. I think that Fitzpatrick's playing well. They got some good receivers and good run game. They're pretty good overall.
0: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. They seem to finally uh, start to have separated themselves from the rest of the AFC field. And uh, Tennessee feels like another team I picked too many times. And they got some nice pieces, but they're obviously not very good. They're three and nine. So yeah. I'll take uh, the Jets as well. The Raiders at the Broncos.
1: Uh, I'll go Denver. Okay. Oakland looks pretty bad lately.
0: Yeah. I... Woodson's
1: playing really well still, but they just can't win anymore.
0: Yeah, and I don't quite know why because, I don't know, is, is, is Carr still playing okay?
1: I think I think he threw a few picks yesterday. I, I, I heard a stat just before we got on here that they had 162 yards in interception return yardage. The Chiefs did. Yikes. And I know they at least returned one, so I don't think he's playing quite as well as he
0: was. Okay, yeah, they were five and three and now they're, or four and three and now they're five and seven. Um, yeah, he had three interceptions yesterday, 48 attempts to get 283 yards, which is not that good. Um, yeah, seven, no, he's got a 97 quarterback rating, 26 TDs, nine picks. Gosh, it's, I swear I could go out there and at least have as many picks as interceptions in the modern NFL. Maybe not me, but Stave could, I bet. No. no, not stopping. What about Kurt Phillips? Yeah,
1: he could probably do it. Three it? touchdowns, two picks. <laughs>
0: yeah, 13 pass attempts, started eight games. Um, The Patriots at Texans, which for some reason is the Sunday night football game.
1: Yeah, I, I guess it could be good. Um, I, I wonder if, the, so the, the Patriots got Amendola back. I don't know if they're getting Brock back. That might be the difference in what I pick here.
0: They said a couple weeks yesterday. Yeah.
1: But I mean, if you're losing to Philly and you got to play a pretty good defense in Houston, who didn't look that good yesterday, I suppose. Um, I guess I still trust Brady and the Patriots more than I trust that Texans offense. I'll stick with New England for now.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna agree. Um, I guess they are seventh in yards. The Houston defense. I just—they're the ultimate team where you you see JJ Watt and a bunch of Papa John's ads and stuff, and you just assume that they're this great defense. And it it reminds me of kind of the late Brian Billick. Ravens in a lot of those years where you're like oh man Baltimore you got your work cut out for you with that defense and they're ranked like 20th just because of their reputation and I kind of feel like Houston's that way but uh yeah I'll I'll take the Patriots as well I can't see them losing three in a row although I'm sure New England fans on uh weird blue and sort of red forever probably said there's no way Green Bay can lose to Detroit and lose three in a row Yeah. so (laughs) we'll see um Monday Night Football Giants at Dolphins I sort of want to watch this game
1: yeah, that might actually be good. I I think you know, the Dolphins seem like they're in big trouble right now and reeling a little bit. It's it's gotta be hard to be the Giants to keep losing these games, but I, I think that I'd say they're they're a lot better team than Miami right now. Yeah. I I at least trust their offense to put some points up.
0: I'll agree and Maybe they'll get some revenge on Dan Campbell for his most memorable highlight uh, as a giant was when he punted his helmet during the at San Francisco Wild Card game in 2002 and almost nailed a trainer right in the face. That's, I don't remember that. That's literally all I remember from his playing career. It's, even Jeremy Shockey, who's like a total baby, is sitting next to him like, whoa, chill out, man. <laughs> some, some, I hope somebody has a gif of that somewhere. I'm, I'm sure probably not, though. All right, and then the big one that they're forcing the entire country to watch in the what? 325 time slot. It literally is the only doubleheader game. So in unless you get a, um, if you're blacked out for the CBS early game and you get Raiders Broncos, everybody in the country has to watch Cowboys at Packers.
1: Wow, I feel bad. I, I do I too. i to be a part of that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. I'm sorry, everybody. And it's
0: what we've been complaining about all season, and now we're, you know, guilty. listen yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I I pick Green Bay here. I think with Matt Castle or Whedon, or I think Whedon got cut. Actually, whoever the heck starts at quarterback <laughs> for them, that offense is bad. And McFadden is not like he can carry an offense. I doubt they put up a whole lot of points on our defense. Even if we only score like seventeen points, I think we're good.
0: Yeah, I for my own sanity, I have to believe the Packers will beat this version of the Dallas Cowboys, or all hope is lost for this season at least. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, agreed that dallas offense is pretty punchless right now and i really hope that the packers have turned the corner and that the second half really was the true packers and that they finally are feeling good about themselves after weeks and weeks and weeks of thinking they're not very good and being down on themselves i hope that what happened in detroit is enough to lift them higher but um We'll see if, if the Packers come out and beat Dallas thirty-eight to ten. I'm probably going to be irrationally excited for the rest of the season. Um, but my fear is that they'll win like, like I said, nineteen to ten or sixteen to thirteen or something like that. Yeah. But I guess a win is a win, and uh, we'll just have to keep moving forward and uh, see what happens here. So. I don't have a whole heck of a lot left. Um, I did want to ask what you thought of the college football playoff that was revealed yesterday. The Clemson Tigers will be the one seed. They will take on the four-seed Oklahoma Sooners. And then Alabama will play Michigan State in the 2-3 game uh, in the college football playoff. What are your thoughts uh, just generally about the playoff?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, the teams they put in were pretty clear-cut. I guess... I'm hoping I get to watch these games. I don't know what my New Year's Eve plans are. It sounds like I might be going out and doing something, but it
0: yeah, I weird to, 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 have to have them on games. New Year's Eve. Really weird.
1: Yeah, that that kind of sucks because I I would really really like to watch them if they were on New Year's Day or even the day before New Year's Eve. I'd be all in watching those games.
0: But yeah,
1: it's just kind of an inconvenience. I, they should be great games. I hope I get to see them.
0: Yeah, and to me the biggest storyline is, well there's there's several. I think Alabama is kind of there to solidify themselves as a dynasty, Oklahoma kind of having a renaissance, uh Clemson, which is interesting that they they've been undefeated because Clemson was one of the teams them and honestly the Badgers and teams like Georgia who might be down for a while. Um I thought the playoffs benefited those people. Like Clemson has been a two loss or one loss team for years and years and years, and it gave them a margin for error that they've always needed. And then now, second year of the playoff, Clemson finally, (laughs) yeah, they finally have their undefeated season. I guess last year was same goes for Oregon, where they were always a one loss team almost every year. Um, so it'll be interesting what happens with them. I think Michigan State has the most on the line. Alabama's good. I think Clemson, you know, they're, in a different situation Um, it would be good for them because of how close they've been in recent years Oklahoma's Oklahoma they're always going to be around in some capacity but with Harbaugh in Michigan and Urban Meyer in the same side of the Big Ten I feel like if Michigan gets stomped by Alabama they might never get back to this point or at least it'll take a long time if Michigan State wins the national championship I think that they will solidify themselves as a Big Ten elite team for a long long time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It's going to be tough to keep up with the Ohio State and Michigan recruiting here if you don't do something big in the playoffs when you have an opportunity. Yeah. They it's going to be hard for them to get back here going forward with how loaded that side of the the conference is. So, yeah. a, a big win here, they could like you said, I mean, they've been there. They've been had these awesome defenses. So, if you can win a national championship or even just make it to that game, that could be huge for
0: them. Yeah, I mean, you might hold off Michigan forever or at least for 25 yeah. years if you're able to win a national title.
1: Thank goodness we're in the terrible side of the conference in the bad division because that side is going to be impossible. It's going to be, you know, every single year it's going to be awesome between those teams.
0: I was so glad the Badgers didn't make the Big Ten championship game this year. Um, People were saying mostly homers, that Wisconsin's just a clone of Iowa. I'm like, no, they're not. There's no way that Wisconsin would have had a lead over Iowa with a minute to play. In a, yeah,
1: their quarterback is a 1,000 times better than, yeah. than ours. I think overall maybe you could make that case that they're pretty similar otherwise, but that's a huge difference. I forget their quarterback's name, but he's played really uh, well. Yeah, Bethard, and he played pretty well, even though they only put up 13 points, made some big plays, and Stave would have thrown that game away.
0: Yeah, he would have thrown 100 interceptions, and that's what sucks about college football is you you get these teams, I mean, each team is so different, and this year, they probably had their best defense that they've had in my time watching, or at least, I can't remember all the Alvarez 90s teams because I was more of a casual college football fan until probably the turn of the century, but... Man, if they would have had this defense with the Russell Wilson year or with the the, the second Tolzien year, they probably would have won a national title. I mean, that, as much as Russell Wilson gets all the credit for being this great Wisconsin quarterback, probably because of how successful he's been in the NFL, that Tolzine offense, what they scored in their last two home games, they had 83 points and then 70 points. I mean, yeah.
1: yeah, they probably were a little
0: better. Yeah, that team was nuts. And it had JJ Watt on the defense, which helps a little bit. But speaking of the Badgers, they will play Uf- uh, UFC. No, they won't play. That'd be nice. Yeah, they're going to play UFC. Uh, they'll play USC in the Holiday Bowl on December 30th. And, uh, you, you, gosh, I can't even talk. USC has five losses. Um, it's, they played a very famous Rose bowl in like 1963, I think for the national championship, but it's going to be surreal, uh, for fans our age to see the Badgers share a field with the Trojans. At least I think so. It
1: it should be a good game and a good matchup Yeah, It'll be, you know, a couple of classic teams, some cool unis, cool contrasting uniforms. I think It, it should be, uh, I I expect the batters to get blown out, but who knows? Uh,
0: Yeah, I don't know. I guess I I haven't watched – I just can't get up for any of those Pac-12 games. I just don't care. I think it's because of where we live, and so a lot of those games start late – and here it's, like, dark by halftime of the second games, and it's cold, and I want to see bad turf and all that stuff. And then, you know, you're settling in, and it's kind of cold, and the grass is dying, and you turn it on, and it's just bright, beautiful sunshine. I'm like, screw that. I don't want to watch that. I want to watch some guys roll around and, you know, some bad turf and bad weather conditions. <laughs> all right, so let's wrap this thing up. The Packers, um, we'll see what happens. I think this is kind of the big defining week to decide uh, whether or not the lift that they get from Detroit is permanent or was as fleeting as that Hail Mary pass itself. Um, we did get some input on a question I asked on the Facebook page. I'd like to share those really quick here. Um, so I asked, what was your reaction to the Hail Mary score and how do you feel about the team after yesterday? So we got um, two answers here. Um, the first answer was from uh, Corey Ben, one of our great fans. Um, he said that has to be the worst hair. Health- her- I can't even read today. This is just the worst. I'm like the Packers. I just can't follow up yeah. one word with the next, I guess. Um, this has to be the worst Hail Mary defense I've ever seen. The Lions seem to think another lateral play was coming, which is understandable, but I'm at a loss for how those two guys that they had positioned 15 yards downfield didn't realize that every, everyone was going deep and break off their coverage accordingly. It's like they thought, well, no lateral play, guess our work is done. The Lions might as well have put nine defenders on the field for all the good those guys did. Um, then for his reaction, um, when I saw the other six guys covered uh, – Coverage guys were doing in the end zone and immediately thought, oh, my God, the guy up front is going to catch that, and he did. The defenders were horribly positioned. The effort they made to get to the ball was totally half-you-know-what, and now Richard Rodgers was completely unaccounted for. Um, so unbelievable. He thinks the Hail Mary is the kind of play that can start something special for the team. They have just been in a bad place mentally over the last six weeks. No, The offensive players have just looked miserable most of the time, particularly Aaron Rodgers. Um and finally i didn't read all this Corey. it's a great comment so go out there and read that um, if you would uh, like to but uh, now they have to seize the opportunity beat the cowboys sweep the vikings and take the division let everyone else sort out their own business and go into january ready to win however many games they must um, to win it all and if they have to go through seattle at some point so be it um, so we talked about that a little bit earlier um, Corey always has more confidence than i do uh, which is good it, it it's probably easier to watch that way um I guess they're going to have to go through somebody tough, right? I mean, no matter who they play, they're – and like you said, Matt, it doesn't really matter having lost to the Bears and the Lions. Nobody looks very beatable to the Packers, or at least guaranteed beatable. So I guess take your chances with whoever you match up against.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you're going to have to beat somebody good at some point down the road, so I guess whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly. They're going to have to steal one from somebody that they probably could lose to. And Daniel Johnson, um, another one of our great fans, who mentioned that he was actually at the Fox NFL Sunday taping yesterday, the Pearl Harbor thing um the hail mary was a great play but it shouldn't have come down to that it seems like the talking heads are 50 50 on if the face mask call was right i feel better about yesterday i know that seattle will probably get in the playoffs now if we face them in the first round we should be worried minnesota got exposed and i'm not worried about them at the end of the season the nfc central is now ours to lose daniel i guarantee the packers are not going to win the nfc central this year unfortunately And before we wrap up, if you'd like to leave a comment about anything that you've heard today, you can do so right under this podcast on the Podbean page, greengoldforever.podbean.com. That's the number four. Our full archives are there as well as some blogs. You can also leave a comment on our Facebook page, Green and Gold Forever Podcast on Facebook. You can also send us an email, greenandgoldpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Send us a tweet, at that uh, Again, that's the number four on Twitter. And once again, don't forget, this Friday, the Green and Gold Forever preview will be on KZ Radio between 3 and 5 o'clock on the Friday drive time home, where there'll be some great 80s hits, as well as my thoughts on the upcoming Packers-Cowboys game. And uh, hopefully the Packers can beat Dallas, and uh, have a great week, everybody. Take care.